Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you for taking the first right on a Conversation Street, the only show on SNC Radio where one student talks about cars by himself. I'm your host, Gus Wilson, and this show, well, what is Conversation Street about, you may be asking. Well, this show is about cars, motorsports, and all things automotive. How will the show go? So, I'll be diving into the latest automotive news and discussing it in detail, and then I'll bring up a couple different debate topics into the, I mean, about the automotive worlds. Maybe some about one individual car, maybe about a whole group of cars. After all of that, I can't guarantee this week, next week, or maybe for a little while that I'll have a guest on the show from the automotive world. Then finally, to cap off the show, I'll have a little segment where I'll play a car sound and you, the listeners, can guess what it is. Sometimes it'll be a car that everyone knows. Maybe it'll be one that's a little bit more unique, maybe not as well known, but that's the fun of the game. You gotta try and guess what it is. I can't always give away what it will be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a smooth, smooth ride down Conversation Street. On today's show, I'll be diving into some very interesting news about a all-electric SUV that has a reservation that will only cost it a hundred, yeah, a hundred dollars. What's up with that? And then I'll be diving into some new spy shots of some pretty cool cars. Some unfortunate news about a couple different uh, cars that will be leaving the U.S. market. And then I'll be diving into something about a rumor, sure, a rumor that is revolving around a certain hatchback from Europe. Um, and it's very well known. Uh, trust me, I'm not. I'm not going for any of those. Uh, Peugeots or those uh, Renaults, those odd little French hatchbacks. Although I do like them, still, um, I'll be diving into those. And then uh, I'll be uh, talking about a SUV that has more power than it really should, but as if it wasn't the most powerful SUV in the world before, it is now dialing that up to 11. Finally, to finish this off, I'll be playing the exhaust sound from a certain car, and you listeners can guess as to what it is could be an american car it could be european it could be a little hatchback from mazda it could be a supercar from france germany or sweden whatever it could be you can take a guess as to what it is so without further ado sit back relax and have a pleasant ride down conversation street thank you gus for that wonderful intro and now let's turn to gus for the automotive news thank you gus now it is time for the spy shots First up in the spy shots category is actually a car that we, or I should say SUV, that we already get in the US. It is the Land Rover Defender, the brand new one. Um, but what's weird about this is that there's a prototype vehicle sticker on it, and it has a different exhaust system than what you might find on the gasoline-powered Defenders here in the US. What is interesting about this is that it could potentially be a diesel. Now, we don't get diesel Land Rovers in the U.S. 
I don't think anymore. So uh, that is going to be interesting to find out, especially because there's we, we don't get the diesels here unless we are talking about like big trucks. Like the F-150 has a diesel engine, a diesel V6. The Silverado has a diesel, a smaller diesel engine. Chevrolet Colorado, same thing, small diesel engine. And uh, GMC as well. It's just we don't get diesel powered cars. I don't correct me. Okay, I stand corrected. We do get one diesel SUV. Well, we will get one diesel SUV from Chevy, which will be the Tahoe or the Suburban, which will have a turbocharged, I think, four or six cylinder diesel, which will be interesting to see how that goes in the market, mean how it performs in the market. And yeah, but that's really it. And Land Rover doesn't offer anything with the diesel currently. Uh, Jaguar, Bentley. Yeah, believe it or not, Bentley makes SUVs, but Volkswagen Group. Like, yeah, really, we don't get any diesel Volkswagen cycling group cars we don't get any diesel toyotas we don't get any diesel nissans uh except for the titan xd which we don't get anymore it had a diesel v8 from cummins long story short is we don't get any diesels here from other mark i mean from companies shown from foreign companies so this will be interesting to see how it'll stack up and to see if the rumors and spy shots are true that we're going to get a twin turbo maybe we'll get a twin turbocharged three liter diesel um I believe that's a three liter um, diesel inline six, not a V6. I only stand, uh, I may stand corrected at some point. But anyway, so it's unusual to see something like this tested in North America. Hey, that may or may not be a sign. And it can't be, this comes from the Fastlane Now, which is a YouTube channel, which is part of the Fastlane car or Fastlane truck. Either way, um, it comes from that, I mean, it comes from that YouTube channel. And it was a spy shot that was i mean that was actually just reported on today actually a couple hours ago <laughs> who knew but it'll be it's not a v8 one although there are although there have been sightings except the prototypes of those ones have quad exhaust tips or I should say a quad exhaust system which just means two on each side and Land Rover wouldn't constrain a V8 that much just to allow with emissions. I think they'd do something else instead of restricted to just two two pipes coming out the back. So yeah that's this one spy shot rumor that is very interesting. I honestly I would not mind a diesel Land Rover because it's kind of cool and it kind of goes back to the uh early Land Rovers, and personally, I kind of like diesels. I mean, they're not the best for the environment, but honestly, I just kind of like the torque. I know they don't push much horsepower, but that's fine. It's about the torque, and yeah, and also that helps with uh, towing stuff, like like whatever uh, toys you use on the trail, like ATVs, little go-karts with snowmobile engines in them, whichever. It's overall, it's a pretty interesting thing to think about, and I hope that we get it. Land Rover, please. Please consider doing that. If you aren't already, please bring a diesel Land Rover. We want them back, okay? Hopefully we'll play nice this time because we don't exactly do well with uh, diesel emissions. We don't have a good track record with that. So yeah, hopefully that'll be a er, SUV that'll come to the US. And honestly, if you never see a Land Rover Defender, I haven't only seen one out in, driving out in public too. So yeah, it, it'll be a little while before we'll see them infesting the streets of uh, Green Bay or Milwaukee, wherever you are. And yeah, that should be, that should be an interesting thing to see. 
So on to the next spy shot. This was actually a BMW M4. It doesn't come as a shock that I would be choosing a performance car like a BMW, especially the M4, because, well, I've said before to a couple of people, kind of like the M4. This is pretty cool because this was spotted going around Nürburgring Nordschleife, which is the premier track for cars to go around because, um, especially performance cars and SUVs and maybe a pickup truck or two. Yeah, Ford let someone take a first generation Ford Raptor, I think back in 2013, 2014, around there. And it was quite an interesting uh, sight for sore eyes. Recently, BMW announced or they showed off the brand new M4 2021 model. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Like the M uh, BMW M3 sedan that it was based on, it has a 3 liter twin turbo straight six, which has 473 horsepower and five, uh, I should say 406 path of torque. I was actually reading the Newton meters um, of torque that it has, which is 550 and 350 kilowatts, which is another, I mean, another unit of power. But this is actually a convertible model, which they didn't show at first. So it is going to be, it, it looks interesting, especially because it's a black cloth or like a black uh, soft top convertible. Um, unlike the hard top car, which personally I think looks a lot better, but not my choice to make. And I don't think I'm going to be buying one anytime soon unless some stroke of luck comes my way and I end up being able to buy one at the age of 18. Though I highly doubt that'll be something that'll happen. So, um, like the M3 that it is based on, okay, I should clarify the M3 and M4, they share the same chassis, but as the M3 is a sedan only, the M4 is a coupe and convertible only. So anyway, the competition version of the car, which the M4 competition is the more like more performance oriented version as if the M4 wasn't performance oriented enough as well. So enough as is. This will give a extra 30 horsepower, the competition trim, and another 73 foot-pounds of torque. And it'll be sent to all four wheels via BMW's clever... <laughs> via BMW's X-Drive system, which is, I mean, which was first introduced on the BMW M5 not too long ago, I think back in 2017, 2018, which is the first all-wheel drive performance sedan from BMW, and it was meant to compete with the Mercedes E63 AMG, or AMG S, whichever one you want to choose. And the M5 also came in a competition package. So that was when uh, the four or all-wheel drive system was introduced on a performance sedan from BMW. And it really changed the game. I believe it had around like 585 horsepower, maybe 600. And that's the M5. But for this one, the M4, it can also have a feature where you can in the all-wheel drive system where you can basically shut off the all-wheel drive part of it and just have it be two-wheel drive to the rear wheels so you can have a little bit of fun by sliding it around corners and just being a complete lunatic wherever you want to consider someone that is sliding a car around and smoking tires producing a lot of tire smoke and shooting rubber everywhere and also there is an option to get the just regular version of the m4 which has a available six-speed 
manual transmission, which will definitely, I think, attract a good bit of buyers for that car. So uh, the performance, so obviously great performance numbers, but the uh, cost of it, um, it's going to cost nearly $72,000 for the M4 Coupe and the competition version. You got to tack on another $2,900 and the convertible it's probably gonna cost a bit more but it is going to be a interesting car to see depending upon how many people buy them and hopefully some people in wisconsin will fan uh will yeah one of these will take the fancy and uh show will uh someone in wisconsin maybe fancies a 2021 bmw m4 in whichever con- uh package you can get um but yeah, that'll make for a interesting thing to see on track and hopefully maybe around the Milwaukee or even Milwaukee area, maybe the Green Bay, Green Bay or De Pere area as well. And also hopefully see one at Road America, the tra- uh, Wisconsin's premier racetrack, which is up in Elkhart Lake. It may sound like I'm doing an advertisement for it, but when in reality I'm not, I'm just mentioning it because... And that's really like the only significant road course that we have in Wisconsin. That, but enough of that. Let's move on to the next buy shot. And yeah, this is the BMW M4. Show us that was the BMW M4 convertible being spotted around the Nurburgring. And uh, source for this information comes from Car Picks, um, who were at the Nurburgring and uh, saw some. Show got a very, very good look at a BMW M4 convertible with a black soft top roof and some camouflage around the front and rear of the car. So, yeah, hopefully BMW, you pulled this one off pretty well. On to the next spot shots. Um, so this is a spot shot of a Porsche 911 GT3 RS, which is also spotted at the Nürburgring. Yeah, this is going to be a consistent theme here. So, uh, I mean, so Porsche, you probably are, you know, German sports car manufacturer, and they make the car called the 911, which is a rear end, which is an icon. And... uh, the 911 is a rear engine, rear drive, or all-wheel drive sports car that has many, many variants, like from turbo, like the turbo variant, the Carrera, they have four-wheel drive versions, they have convertible, they got Targa top, which just means it's it's not like a full convertible where it fo- where the top folds all the way back. The Targa top just lifts up, just is stowed in the trunk, and... Uh, there's still the rear glass and the front windshields, so it's actually a little bit more safe in a crash. And it just doesn't have as much wind noise. So uh, the GT3, I mean the GT3 car, is a is their like second to top variant of the car, which has a big wing, a I mean a good bit of power from its naturally aspirated four liter flat six engine and uh, i believe it makes about 500 horsepower somewhere around there 
and rumors are that it will hope I mean that'll be tweaked to make 550 horsepower or more which is a lot and then there's the gt3 rs now i should clarify that the 500 horsepower one in the 550 horsepower one that is the gt3 rs which is the and in the photos they have a lot of like kind of body um modifications to it and uh it is a interesting looking one, especially because of the rear wing, which looks like, and I quote from the, on an article that I see about this, it looks like a, I mean, the rear wing looks like a small aircraft could try to land on it, and it could probably be seen from the International Space Station, so, I mean, or it also could be an oversized lure, so as you drive down the highway, you might need an oversized load escort, because it's so big it's crazy i and the only car that is really like it is a is the mclaren senna which was that's a topic for another day um but great car quite insane anyway back to the porsche gt3 rs um then i'll have a gt3 rs so uh yeah it it's gonna be bigger sean's gonna have a lot um like track width so it'll be I mean, it's going to have a lot more vents for cooling and for downforce, which helps the car stay balanced in corners. And next year, or maybe at the end of this year, even when they reveal it, who knows? Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting car to watch going around roads, either in the US or in Europe or in Asia, I mean, Australia, Asia. And if a big winged 911 gt3 rs does not sound so appealing there's also a standard gt3 which will have a smaller wing and a less aggressive body kit but it'll also still perform pretty well it just it won't be as rough and it won't just it won't be as performance oriented as the rs model so this one comes from two sources actually car picks like i mentioned earlier I means one that i mentioned earlier in the last one from the last article about the m4 and also from stateside supercars via youtube so uh, that's it for the spy shots hopefully you enjoyed hearing about three pretty solid cars so uh, on to the next thing, which is some unfortunate news of two vehicles that will no longer be sold in the US or even in North America. So yeah, time to get on to that unfortunate news. Now I will turn it over to my colleague, Gus. Thank you, Gus. So these Lincoln sedans, hmm, will they be sticking around in the US? Unfortunately, they won't because of the growing SUV and crossover market here in the US, Lincoln sedans will not be returning in the foreseeable future, which is quite unfortunate because quite frankly, I kind of liked the, uh, <laughs> I kind of liked the Lincoln Continental, the new one and also eh, the old one, kind of, I'm a little iffy on that one, but it's certainly a very nice car for, I think, a somewhat reasonable price. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, so, uh, the, so, this was kind of, do mean, doesn't happen. Especially because, um, I think back in summer, the Lincoln MKZ, 
ended its production back in the summer, um, and the production of Lincoln Continental is unfortunately scheduled to be completed by the end of the year. So there's no there's no plans to make another sedan. I mean, you, unfortunately, the uh, American for the uh, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, Lincoln for the buyers of most Lincolns want a crossover. As I mean, most automakers are making crossovers and SUVs now, and Ford and Lincoln are two of those manufacturers that are doing so. And they, I mean, uh, they killed off the Fusion, the Focus, and the Fiesta, which I, I liked the Focus and the Fiesta, I will admit. Fusion I wasn't too crazy about, because I thought I was an Aston Martin for a little while. Uh, that, that was unfortunate. Um, but... The cars, so Lincoln will now be making mostly crossover and SUVs, and crossovers and SUVs, which will be for the best. They're going off in a new direction, so they're going in a more upscale direction with, you know, they're just going in the direction with the times, and it's, it should be a very interesting time in the United States to see how Lincoln is holding up in a couple of years, but also, don't, don't lose hope here. I mean, there, there is a, uh, one that works at Lincoln that told, uh, Ford Authority that there could be mean they're looking at the marketplace so don't lose total hope that they're I mean don't lose total faith in Lincoln that they will completely kill off the uh their sedans or stop making sedans forever you never know there could be at one point where the sedan sales will rebound as the uh crossover and SUV sales fall hmm. but chances are that happening in a couple years not super likely but it could happen at some point you never know so on to the second bit of unfortunate news for um, vehicles that are not going to be given to the U.S. Um, Nissan is not going to be bringing the NV cargo and passenger vans to North America. Now, the NV cargo and passenger vans, they were meant to compete with the Ford Transit Connect, or just like the small, I mean, just small vans that are either used for work or passenger transport, and it's a commercial vehicle. Nissan is killing it off so uh, actually i should say the nv and the nv 200 are cut from the lineup as of 2021 but they're going to uh, they will be so they haven't totally quit on the commercial vehicle market in the u.s and canada they are still going to uh, i mean they're going to offer a line of sedans suvs and trucks to businesses which nissan is calling this new initiative the nissan business advantage or nissan business advantage which means like it's going to make every nissan model available for some business to business programs and special commercial lent which would look pretty cool for the titan because i i know i've seen some pretty cool titans before even in a just like even without the yeah even without like, the commercial sort of thing but anyway again this is a new sound moving with the times they're trying to uh, rebrand after the uh, former ceo of nissan 
or CEO of Renault, I should say, and maybe Nissan as well. Yeah, actually Nissan. Carlos Gosen, who's a, yeah, Brazilian-born businessman, who uh, is a internationally wanted fugitive for some, uh, <laughs> some issues that a, that with the Japanese government. And uh, yeah, so they're trying to build an image that looks better on that. I mean, a better looking image. And uh, yeah, I think that's how they're doing it. So anyway, they're going to, uh, so it's going to be pretty interesting with how, uh, what Nissan does to their commercial like what commercial vehicles are going to be offering and it should be something that'll come up I believe in the next year or so and it'll be certainly something that yeah I think that will help their image so that's the unfortunate bits of news for those two those three vehicles in the U.S. So hopefully things will go well for Nissan and hopefully things will go well for the show for Lincoln as well in the near future. So moving on from the unfortunate news. Well, actually I have one more bit of unfortunate news. Uh, Volkswagen, this is from a long time ago. I just didn't really remember it. Volkswagen is not bringing the base golf to the U.S. anymore, which is the Golf is their like hatchback, which is the I believe the smallest Volkswagen you can get here in the U.S. But over in Europe, they have a smaller one called the Polo, and then the smaller, smaller one is called the Up, which is looks like something that could roll over if you if the weight between passengers and the car is too much to one side. That's just me being blatantly honest. It looks like some car that could tip over very, very easily if you're not careful. But yeah, so unfortunately that won't be, like we'll still get the hot versions of them, like the hot hatch back versions, which is the Volkswagen Golf R, which is all wheel drive. It has over 300 horsepower. And then there's the Volkswagen, there's the Golf GTI, which is the most famous one, which has a, which is front wheel drive. You can either get it as a manual or a dual clutch transmission, which is an automatic, just more sports oriented. And it will be, it'll still, it'll be a good performer. So yeah, but unfortunately we don't have the Volkswagen Golf like the base model anymore. So we'll have to see how that goes in the US. So moving on to some very happy news, the Volkswagen Golf GTI. Hey, I was just mentioning that there is a model called the Club Sport, which is more which has more power and yada yada yada. It was revealed today with nearly 300 horsepower and still front wheel drive. So it's, it'll be a very, it's going to be a pretty quick car. And actually, unfortunately, well, maybe unfortunately for some people, maybe not for others, the Volkswagen Golf GTI Club Sport will only come with a seven speed dual clutch transmission. And yeah, the Club Sport only comes with that. And it has more power over the, it has 54 more horsepower than the standard GTI. Um, and it's going to have, yeah, the engine's going to be better, the brakes, suspension, steering, and it's going to be faster to 60 miles an hour. It's probably going to set a lot faster at a time around the Nürburgring, another car that's tested on the Nürburgring, and it'll be electronically limited to a top speed of 155 miles an hour. Now, 155 miles an hour in a small European hatchback, that, uh, that seems a little scary. And then again, there is a wagon from Audi 
that will do nearly 200 miles an hour once you remove the limiter. So yeah, um, I guess that's not the craziest thing in the world. So it the car sits lower. It's going to be it's going to have a driving mode specifically for the Nurburgring. It's going to be a lot faster. It has a better front grille. It's going to have better wheels. It it's just going to look better. It's going to run a lot better. It's going to work better when it comes to performance. And uh, unfortunately uh, for the US, we don't know whether we're actually gonna get it here or not, but hopefully it comes to the American market, especially because the GTI, the standard one, and the uh, Golf R are coming to the American market for the 2022 model year. But we don't know about the Golf R yet because that hasn't been revealed. So yeah, Volkswagen, chop chop, uh, time to bring up that stuff now. And the source for this was Volkswagen. On to the next thing. So here's interesting, something that's very interesting. The I mentioned a all-electric American SUV that is going to cost $100 just to get a reservation for it, which is quite cheap considering I think it was $25,000 to get a reservation for the Ford GT, the new one. So yeah, this is actually pretty cheap. No, I think about it. What this SUV is, is the GMC Hummer. Now, if you haven't heard about this, it's an all-electric SUV from GMC that is revitalizing the Hummer nameplate, which we, which was lost, I believe, back in 2008-2009 when the financial crisis hit the U.S. Well, I mean, the stock market just crashed. It was a worse crash than ones that happened at IndyCar races or Formula One, and that's anything because you see a lot of shattered carbon fiber. But Anyway, this one will cost, I mean, so it'll cost $100 to, reserve, to get the reservation for it, and they will also let you choose the trim um, for it. So, so the orders will open on October 20th, and... Um, we don't exactly know when it's going to start production, but GMC is opening their reservation books and they can make, I mean, any customers can make their deposit when they, um, they can select the trim when they make their deposit. So uh, it'll have, um, yeah, it'll certainly, certainly be something interesting, especially because this is GMC's first electric vehicle and a very important model for all of General Motors. So, uh, yeah. I think it'll have like like a thousand horsepower yeah um supposedly it'll have a thousand horsepower from three electric motors and it will generate eleven thousand five hundred foot pounds of torque pounds of your torque sorry and it will have crab mode which will basically mean the all four wheels can turn in the same direction so it basically it looks like a crab on the beach um which will make a very which will look a little bit odd but also look really cool um and uh, there will be cheaper models available i'd suspect this one is talking about with more than a thousand horsepower and 1100 i mean i should say 11,500 pound feet of torque um so that one will be the top notch model i'm guessing and there will be cheaper models available with fewer motors so it won't cost as much and it'll probably have better range and less capability so it probably won't have the uh crab walking ability or as much offer prowess as the higher higher up trims so and the source of this one was automotive news thank you gus for that good bad and a little bit of sad news now we're going to go on to the second part of the show where i talk about a couple different uh topics and one of them is actually the dodge durango 
Although this Dodge Durango is no ordinary one, as the SRT division of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, um, if you don't know, SRT stands for Street Racing Technology. They decided because why not um, do something kind of crazy and sort of childish so why don't we just put we've already put a 700 horsepower um cast iron supercharged 6.2 liter hemi v8 in our classic dodge muscle car the challenger then we put it in our sedan the five-seater dodge charger and then we decided oh let's let jeep have it and we're going to put it under the hood of a all-wheel drive jeep grand cherokee to make what is called the Trackhawk. And if you didn't know, the Charger and Challenger cars are called the Hellcat Twins. Well, now SRT has done it again because they put a 710 horsepower Hellcat motor that was in the Dodge Charger and Challenger and they stuck it under the hood of a three-row SUV called the Dodge Durango. Now, 710 horsepower, that's a good bit of power to move uh, around a good bit of weight. Seeing as these Durangos are not very light, they are not light at all. And what do they call this Durango model? Well, why not? They called it the Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat. And it's going to be coming out in the 2021 model year only. And because some companies got their hands on it already, although actually I'm not surprised, it's probably on sale right now. They, sure there's a tuning company down in Texas called Hennessy, which you'd probably know them for the Hennessy Venom GT hypercar, which achieved 270 miles an hour, although... Unfortunately, the Guinness Book of World Records cannot verify that as an official record because they could only, Hennessy could only run the car one way and achieve that top speed because the winds were off and obviously the Guinness Book of World Records isn't going to wait another day to get the wind, mean for the winds to be right because otherwise that would just be unfair. Um, but, and also they've done multiple upgrades to Dodge um, Vipers some older Vipers, and when they even became just SRT Vipers, still they did upgrades with turn, twin turbo kits, um, and just engine upgrades. They've also done stuff on Chevrolet Corvettes, Camaros, Tahos, Suburbans, Interland Dodge Challengers, Chargers, what else? They've fiddled with a couple, I mean, they've fiddled with pickup trucks. They even have their own... Hennessy Velociraptor, which comes in a 6x6 configuration. So that means another axle at the rear. So it's four-wheel drive at the rear, and if you'll, or it can be six-wheel drive. I can't exactly go into the details on that because, well, honestly, I don't know all that much about six-wheel drive vehicles because there aren't very many. But overall, that's that's pretty cool, I'd say. But Hennessy has decided to fiddle with the Durango Hellcat. So instead of having just 710 horsepower, because, well, you know, things are 
uh, things are a lot bigger in, in Texas, uh, apparently. And that applies to the engine output of a SUV. So, um, they decided to stick a kit on there. I mean, they have a kit that will open it up from 710 horsepowers in horsepower to 1,012 horsepower. How's that for a lot of power for a SUV? So what happens is they have their, I mean, so it's called the HPE 1000, Hennessy Performance Engineering 1000 package. And uh, so supposedly it will hit, go to 60 miles, it'll go from zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. And cross the quarter mile in just 10.8. That's right. 10.8. So, uh, what did the... And this is the 1,000 horsepower one, mind you. The stock Durango SRT only showed the estimate for that from uh, Dodge is 3.5 seconds from 0 to 60 and uh, 11 and a half seconds in the quarter mile, which is, I think it's pretty good. Um, but what does this contain? Well, it has a 2.7 liter supercharger, 2.7 liters of air gets moved in. Um, like just some upgraded items like uh, pulling for the supercharger to make it go faster. Um, or crank out more boost, which means more power, and it has fuel injection, it's got better air induction, and they have just, they just, they do stuff to make the engine a lot better, I believe they also upgraded the transmission and all of the drivetrain so it doesn't explode um, when you try to launch it, because the Durango, like the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk from Jeep, is all-wheel drive so getting off the line the drivetrain probably won't last if it's stock unless that stuff is really strong and i don't know it um but how much i mean but what i find crazy is that somehow hennessy makes even the most even the most modest, like, I wouldn't even say modest, it, it makes the most, world's most powerful SUV, or most production, powerful production SUV, even more powerful, like, they, they make it even better, I mean, they do that, they've done that with the Lamborghini Urus, I think, I think they've done some stuff with that, the Lamborghini Urus was the, I think, third most powerful SUV in the world, I mean, most powerful production SUV, behind the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, so yes, two American manufacturers are on the top of the leaderboard, who knew, um, not a surprise, because they don't have the top speed that the European one, uh, that the European rivals do, but also it, but they're a lot faster, 0-60, and have more power so yeah that dodge hennessy what are you doing 
clearly you are on some, uh, you're on some crazy, uh, maybe some crazy drugs, I'm not sure, um, I'll probably regret saying that later, but still. Oh yeah, I forgot to add about that, uh, Hennessy Dodge Durango, so that Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat, um, that got tuned up by Hennessy. So, uh, the upgrades for the 1,000 horse power kit, they cost $34,950. So, that's, like, with installation and, um, yeah, for all the parts and everything. And it usually takes about three to four weeks and show and that's not counting the cost of the Durang I mean Dodge yeah the Hellcat Durango itself which is eighty two thousand four hundred and ninety dollars. So if you're not looking for a thousand horsepower you can go for a uh, I mean, you can go for a cheaper option by about, yeah, you can get 10 grand cheaper. So for 10 grand less, you can get a 900 horsepower HPE 900 package. So it makes, so it costs $24,950 and it makes a total of 912 horsepower from the supercharged v8 and uh, what's nice about this is hennessy has a one year or 12,000 mile warranty on its yeah on its work so if you can show so if something goes bust within those 12,000 miles or one year you can yeah Hennessy will fix it under warranty. Well, depending on what it is, you may have to read the fine print there, but honestly, it chances are nothing's really going to break. That That's some quality stuff. So, uh, also, it'll add some badges to the sides of the, um, of the big honking tank that this is, and, uh, yeah, this will definitely, um, this will raise the alarm bells, um, especially when you pass someone, because they're going to be a little bit, uh, they're going to be a little bit in shock when they see the, uh, badge on the side of it. So, that is the 2021 Dodge Durango SRDL Cat with... The report of upgrades by Hennessy Performance Engineering, Hennessy Performance Engineering in Texas. I still have yet to visit there, although I do have family down in Texas, so hopefully that will be a opportunity. Hopefully that opportunity will arise at some point. Maybe not with our current political climate. I mean, not political climate. I should say. With everything going on, the coronavirus, it, it's going to be a while before I actually get to visit that facility. But eventually when I do, uh, it, it's going to be a very, uh, 
it's going to be a little bit of a hard moment to comprehend because I've been, I mean, I've been looking at Hennessy performance upgrades ever since I found out about them back in like 2015. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that is the, yep, that's the Hennessy Tunes Dodge Durango Hellcat. Very, very powerful, and it probably seems like a lot of fun to drive, um, especially when you hit the launch control. So, uh, moving on from that, I would say it's kind of crazy to think about SUVs that have uh, the, I mean, have horsepower levels that are equivalent to a $500,000 Ford supercar called the Ford GT, which has a 600 horsepower twin turbo, v- I mean, three and a half liter twin turbo V6. Now, that doesn't surprise me that they can do that so that a V6 can make that much power, considering the fact that the Nissan GTR, R35 GTR, I should clarify, that has 545, then it had 565, and in the top of the line Nismo version, it has 600 all wheel, I mean, it has all wheel drive. Yes, the car's pretty old now, but who cares? I mean, I feel pretty old. Yet you don't hear, I mean, you don't, you don't hear people saying I'm breaking down because I'm getting old. I mean, hey, I, my parents have a 2002 Volvo wagon, okay? I'm just as old as that car, yet it's, it's still running. Hello, I know I'm comparing myself to a car. I don't mind that. But anyway, to cons- think about the idea of a SUV that can beat some very, very expensive sports cars supercars or hypercars maybe hypercars that's a little bit of a stretch but anyway it it just blows my mind to be perfectly honest it blows my mind and i i have no issue with that i mean next thing you know we're gonna have an suv that will be setting the world speed record like be a production suv that will set the land mean that will set a new top speed record for all it mean for the world's fastest SUV, production SUV, mind you, because Toyota they have a um, they did a one-off project for a car show out in Las Vegas called SEMA, and they had a Toyota Land Cruiser with a twin turbo V8, I think 5.7 liters, and they stuck some turbos on it. They upgraded the internals and everything. And it went 230 miles an hour. Yes, and that SUV, it looks like a brick on wheels. And I'd be surprised if no, I mean, if any of your listeners have not seen a Toyota Land Cruiser around. They're almost everywhere. Even there are some, still there are some old ones driving around. I mean, you're not going to see them every day, but chances are you'll see some, uh, some variation of it. But anyway, that's... Okay, that's kind of just a um, topic that I wanted to touch on a little bit and how much it blows my mind, I guess. And, uh, I mean, another car, I mean, maybe a, here's something a little bit unusual. What is with wrapping cars, especially crazy colors, or I would say kind of unusual colors, like matte purple, which is a color that I have not been able to stop obsessing over. 
mainly because I just enjoy the look of matte purple and there's no like glossiness to it. It's just, you look at it, it looks really nice and I mean, it's either you have white or black wheels or you do uh, some sort of like camo wrap on a car like this YouTuber, uh, the Stradman did with his Lamborghini Aventador. Um, it was a orange, white, and purple camo wrap. I mean, he wrapped a 2020 Toyota Supra in purple, got a wide body kit for it, and then he also has wrapped his Jeep Gladiator, which, if you don't know, that's Jeep's pickup truck now. Um, nothing too special about it, unfortunately. But, anyway, he, he wrapped it purple, has huge, I think, like, 33 to 35 inch tires on it, maybe bigger, and he has, sure, he got a Hellcat motor swapped into it from Dot. Like, Dodge sells that 707 horsepower motor as, well, it's a crate motor. You can throw it in anything, really. Um, I mean, it... And he has it wrapped in purple with white wheels. And that, to me, just seems really cool. A little bit crazy, but really cool. And, um, yeah, like, I'm starting to, I kind of get the whole trend of having white wheels and uh, matte purple, which just means there's no gloss in the paint, so you're not going to get the reflection of the sun necessarily, but like you'll still be able to see the paint. It looks really good. That's just a personal opinion, but hey, it it's honestly, I find that to be pretty cool. So now it's time to move on to the segment that I like to call the guess that car. So, for this segment, I like to call, Guess That Car Sound. You, I mean, you the listeners, yes, you, will uh, guess what car sound I am about to play. Listen very carefully, as this car may be something that you've heard every day. Maybe it's something that you haven't heard before. Or maybe it's something that very few have heard at all. Maybe it's something that I've never heard. Who knows? But today we're going to take it in a more sensible direction. And this is going to be just a car that you can probably hear every day. So, rev it up. So, have you guessed the car yet? Well... If you're thinking it was a Mustang or a Corvette, at least with the Corvette, you wouldn't be far off. This is actually the sound of a Camaro Z28, or just a regular Camaro. So, if you guessed Corvette, then you were close. If you guessed Mustang, then uh, you're, you're a little bit far off. By about... I mean... Now, if that Mustang had another about three liters of engine, um, 
then it would probably sound like that because the engine and the Z28 Camaro that's starting up and revving is a 7 liter LS7 which is the biggest engine that General Motors has ever put into a production car or at least in yeah in a modern production car so there you go if you guessed it Camaro or Corvette hey you're right I'm just gonna count it as that so I hope all of you enjoyed this first show this premiere of Conversation Street if you enjoyed it tune in on Fridays at 6pm Central Standard Time or and also on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time for another smooth, smooth ride down Conversation Street. I'm your host, Gus Wilson, and thank you so much for listening.